0: The Golf.com podcast is brought to you by the SeatGeek app, the easiest way to find a great deal, pay for your ticket, and get to your seat. Download the SeatGeek app and enter our code GOLFING for $20 off your first purchase. We're also sponsored by FanDuel, the leader in one-week fantasy football, with more winners and more payouts than any other site. Enter promo code GOLFING at FANDUEL.com to play a risk-free tournament at up to $10.
1: You know, it's it's clearly a big moment in Tiger's life and his career. I mean, he, I think for the first time, he's feeling his golfing mortality. It was kind of this whole bad boy rep that he had cultivated uh, with the partying and the girls. And, uh, you know, in the NFL, it would be no, no big deal. In golf, he was definitely a unique character.
0: Greetings and welcome back to another episode of the Golf.com podcast. I'm your host, Alan Bastable, and today I'm pleased to welcome to the program Sports Illustrated senior writer and my occasional co-host on this podcast, Alan Shipnook. Most days, Alan can be found toiling away on rollicking feature stories in his home office in lovely Carmel, California, but when duty calls, he's unafraid to grit his teeth, bear down, and take on grueling assignments in such locations as Maui, St. Andrews, Scotland, and Lake Como, Italy. In fact, Alan joins us on the line now from just such a location. Alan, welcome to the podcast. Tell us where the golf beat has dragged you to this week.
1: Well, because the readers have a right to know, uh, I'm I'm in the Bahamas for the World Challenge. And it is a challenge, you know, to get to the, the course when you've got, you know, poolside drinks and you can frolic on the beach and... But, I'm, you know, I'm strapping it on. I'm doing the best to put in a good couple-hour workday so I get back to the beach.
0: All right. So we'll, we'll uh, be sure to wear sunscreen. We're, you're down there to cover Jordan Spieth, which we'll get to, we'll get to in a minute. But um, the big story making the rounds this morning, it's all over the web, is, is Time.com's exclusive interview, interview with Tiger Woods um, in which TW opens up about all kinds of things, his, his divorce, Lindsey Vaughn, his kids, there's a great anecdote in there about him playing a round of golf, a nine-hole round of golf, before the 2008 U.S. Open, and shooting 54 and losing eight balls. Maybe that story had surfaced at some point. I hadn't heard it. Um, anyway, lots of good stuff in there. What you had a chance to read the interview. What what struck you most um, about about some of Tiger's reflections?
1: Well, it's funny, you know, Tiger scooped himself. You know, he came in to the the press room here at the World Challenge on on Tuesday and and said some similar things and created a huge buzz with kind of his gloomy forecast of his future. And this time interview is kind of a nice companion piece where he goes into some greater detail and is in some ways even more reflective. Uh, you know, it's it's clearly a big moment in Tiger's life and his career. I mean, he I think for the first time he, he's feeling his golfing mortality. Even the last couple of years when, you know, he couldn't break par to save his life, you know, he'd come in, every every post round interview every every pre-tournament press conference you know i'm here to win i I only play to win and i'm this close and um, no one really believed it i'm not sure if tiger believed it but that was you know the script he had to follow Uh, you know he he set himself up for that for two decades and suddenly he's being real he's being raw and honest about um, what a long road back it's going to be and um, it's interesting that he seems somewhat at peace you know there's uh, I think the nature of this injury is, is so serious that he can't he can't fake the optimism, and so uh, you know that that definitely came through here in the Bahamas, and 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 certainly in the time interview, uh, and you know it's it's all kind of of a piece with his his Ryder Cup captain you know vice captaincy. I think yeah. I think Tiger's transitioning into kind of an elder statesman role, and and. For someone who's always been afraid of of the intimacy of a one-on-one interview, uh, to do something like that with time, I think signals another kind of shift in his his how he wants to shape his public persona and how he wants to present himself.
0: How how should we feel about this? I mean, we, obviously, this hasn't it's not like this happened overnight. It's been it's been sort of a slow, painful demise. I mean, we've been watching this now for you know better part of three years. Uh, is is you know. Should we feel depressed about about the state of Tiger, or should we feel, you know, as you said, it, it seems like he's sort of at peace, so should we just be happy for the guy?
1: Uh, both. You know, it, it it's kind of, it, it's it's like when you have a relative, would, would you rather have them die suddenly and you, you don't get to say your goodbyes and there's the shock, or, or have this long, slow decline where it's painful to watch, but at, at least everything can be put in order and you can say what you want to say? I mean... You know, if Tiger had just blown out of his back and he was done, it, it would be it would be startling and and we'd all be reeling. But uh, you know, that would that would be the that would be the sudden death version. I mean, clearly it's been it's been this long, slow, painful decline the last two years. I think anyone who's been paying attention has has seen that the end is coming. So it none of this is a shock really. I, I think it's just the um, you know. For Tiger to, to finally let some emotion out or, around it, you know, he's always he's always existed in this bubble of his own making, and to uh, you know whether there's a Navy SEAL training or kind of this macho jock ethic of you, you got to play hurt, you know, he's never wanted to admit any weakness, uh, mental, physical, metaphysical. Um, so uh, there's no surprise that it, this is a career-threatening injury. I, I think it's just what's really fascinated people is that. For the first time, Tiger's kind of grappling with it publicly.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, one one of the interesting things I, I I found in this in this interview was, you know, that we've we've the, the so, such a big part of Tiger's lore has been these, you know, the Tiger uh, Jack's majors on his bedroom wall. I mean, how many times have we heard that story? Uh, yeah, exactly. Which, but Tiger's never like how many times has he been asked about it? He's never debunked the myth. So in this piece, he says, "Oh no, I, I never have Jack's majors on the wall. I had, you know." Uh, all these accomplishments that Jack Jack had at certain ages. So there was nothing there about getting to 18 majors. Uh, why Why has it taken Tiger two decades to 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 set the record straight? It's strange, right? Yeah, it's an interesting
1: bit of interesting bit of fact checking for sure. Um, who knows? You know, maybe maybe Tiger it played it it played into his myth. You know, his personal myth making and now that he's not going to get jack's record which is pretty clear he's, he's trying to set the record straight you know it maybe it's his own little way of, of trying to shift the narrative um, because the, the chase for for jack's you know up, up mount Nicholas has always done a disservice to tiger like uh should we should we feel like his career has not been a success because he didn't get 18 majors i mean it's ridiculous what he's accomplished is 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 mind bending it's face melting it, um you know you can't say you can't say that it hasn't been uh, a spectacular career just because he didn't he didn't achieve this artificial goal and i think maybe that's the point he's trying to make and in, in, in that little story is uh, there's more there's more you know i did beat jack at every point that i wanted to i just get, didn't get to the the finish line in this very long marathon but in every sprint you know 100 meters 200 800 5000 10000 you know you beat jack you just uh, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't built for endurance like, like Jack was. He's more of a sprinter. But, um, you know, I, I thought that was interesting, uh, not, not as, as um, you know, I don't think we, we need a print a correction in Sports Illustrated because we used that story 10 years ago. But I think that's part of Tiger just subtly trying to reframe his career in the context
0: of Nicklaus. We're talking with SI senior writer Alan Shipnick. We'll be right back to our conversation after this quick commercial break. Now that Kobe Bryant has announced his breakup with basketball, this season is your last shot to see him in person. Tickets are going fast, and when you use the SeatGeek app and my code GOLFING, you'll get a check back for $20. Just download the SeatGeek app on your iPhone or Android. It's free. Then you search for your event, find the deal for you, enter our code GOLFING, and when you complete your purchase, SeatGeek will send a $20 check to your house. SeatGeek pulls in ticket options from hundreds of sellers online and shows you the best deals automatically. When you shop on SeatGeek, you're seeing virtually every ticket available for your event, all on one page. Customize your own filters or use Deal score It's like a heat map for seats. SeatGeek also makes the ticket buying process easy and safe. Store your credit card and when you find a ticket you want to buy, make the purchase with two quick taps of your phone. So, to redeem your promo code and get your $20 check, download the free SeatGeek app today. Enter promo code GOLFING in the app. SeatGeek will then send you $20 once you've made your first SeatGeek purchase. For the NFL, concerts, and Kobe's last rodeo, use the SeatGeek app, and don't forget to enter our code GOLFING. And now back to my conversation with SI senior writer Alan Shipman. I think you've said this. I mean, you, you, you think this is certainly the end. We're not going to see Tiger pulling a Nicholas and, and winning a Masters when he's, you know, 46. I mean, you think, you think this is it for him?
1: Well, you know, with Nicholas, nothing ever changed except for his motivation his swing was always the same, his body was always the same, You maybe know, 10 pounds fluctuation of, depending on how lazy he was or how much he over-ate his, his beloved ice cream, but, um, he, you know, his his personal life was stable, everything about Jack was in place, and if, if all of a sudden he wanted to play golf and he wanted to practice, then he could do great things. whether well, that was in 1980, winning two majors, or well, that was the one last rod at Augusta when he was 46, but... You know, Tiger's not the same human being he was. You know, I, I think even to this day, the, the, the aftershocks of, of his scandal are underplayed. I mean, he, uh, he's just a different person. He, he lost that mental edge that made him so special and so different. And then you look at, you know, his physical skills have deteriorated, whether it's the chip yips or his inability to make putts. Uh, his, his golf swing has been in a, a state of flux now for a decade. Can't say it's gotten better. Now his his body's broken, so it's, it's wishful thinking that suddenly, um, after you know three back surgeries into his 40s, still trying to master yet another swing, he's going to find it. I, I just don't see that happening. Uh, you know where Jack was in his early 40s compared to where Tiger's going to be. Uh, you know Nicholas was just much better positioned to to do something special.
0: Yeah, I mean everybody talks about the swing and the and the uh, obviously all the injuries and surgeries, but you know, I think being a father was a big part of this, too. And, and he's, you know, barely... A, I can't think of a press conference that's gone by in the last couple of years where he hasn't at some point mentioned his kids. And that, that came through loud and clear in, in this Time.com interview. Um, you know, just talking about how important it is to him to be able to get out and just play with his kids. I mean, he's, you know, his, his back's in such bad shape now that he can barely walk and get out and kick a ball around with them. Um, you know, he said, quote... My God, it gives me so much joy. This is talking about being with his kids. I can't imagine not being able to do that as I get older. so you know I think that as much as anything changed him and and changed you know that yeah that laser focus obviously on golf, but uh, when the kids came along it it I think it changed him as a competitor.
1: yeah, for sure you know, I can relate to Tiger in that we turned pro in the same year <laughs> you know I, I graduated from UCLA in the spring of 96 and he, he, uh, he joined the PGA tour that summer. And so, um, you know, with my own kids, I, I've gotten so involved in their youth sports, whether it's informal practice or coaching my daughter's basketball team or whatever it may be. You know, I get it. It's one of the most fun things about being a dad is throwing the frisbee on the beach and hitting ground grounders and playing basketball and, you know, wrestling around whatever. And, um, you know, it's pretty bleak. This picture of Tiger just lying on the floor playing video games in the dark. You know, it's yeah. uh, trying to recover from this um, uh, from from this latest surgery, and I can imagine that that's weighed heavily on him. You know, I mean, we all saw that photo a few weeks ago of him with the, with his youth soccer team. I mean, he clearly loves being involved in that part of his kids' life, and right. this whole legacy of all the time he spent with Earl working on his golf um, as a kid, and so I, I I don't doubt whatsoever the sincerity when he says, you know, that's the most important thing to him now um, is just being able to, to be a normal dad and have fun with his family. And, you know, Tiger's always, he loves to, you know, scuba dive, and uh, he, he did uh, he loves to be in the gym. I mean, there's all these things that are part of just his everyday life that have been taken away from him. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, that that definitely resonates, I think, to anyone who, uh, just as active when whether it's an injury or an illness, when that's taken away from you and it makes you grouchy, you miss it. And you know, that's, that's exaggerated for a guy like Tiger. It's been
0: just been you know, the physicality has been his life. Yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 leave Tiger and move on to some sunnier topics, literally, because you're in the Bahamas, as, as mentioned at the top of the show, down there for Tiger's event. Um, in particular, you're down there to, to get some color on Jordan Spieth. Uh, whom you're writing a, a feature on for SI, uh, which we'll see in the next couple of weeks. What uh, sort of ch- sum up sum up where where Speed is? Obviously, he's coming off this momentous year. Um, he is the guy at the moment. What I mean? Can he possibly? What could he possibly do for an encore in, in 2016?
1: Well, win the British Open and PGA Championship. Yeah. Um, um, you know, it's it's interesting because spieth uh was very eloquent yesterday talking about uh, you know everyone's been talking about tiger this week people are reflective there's been a lot of a lot of queries from the press of, um, about tiger's comments and just his influence which happens anyway at, at the world challenge cuz it's, it's his event but um you know you know tiger's down here is kind of just a ceremonial this gimpy ceremonial host so it's really a, a unique moment in time where people are really reflecting on his influence and um You know, Spieth talking about how much this year took out of him and and just what it took to to play at such a high level week in and week out. And he's like, you know, God, I can't believe Tiger did this 15 years in a row. And um, that's really the essence of the challenge for Spieth. I mean, clearly he has the game to contend every week, which which he pretty much did this year. Um, His challenge is going to bring the same intensity, filter out the distractions, not let the business side and the commercial aspects and the media and all the other things that that can bog you down and take you out of your routine I mean he, he needs to just just keep doing what he's doing which seems simple on some level, but I mean every top player is affected uh, you know I mean Fred couples got the number one and it was such a hassle. he just backed off completely
0: yeah
1: I mean there's all different yeah. personalities yeah speech is is much more than the, the mm-hmm. tiger mold he wants it. Way more than Freddie ever did, but you know Nick Price. There's a lot of examples of guys who got to top, and they're like, "Man, this is not actually as much fun as I thought it would be." I'm more comfortable just kind of hanging around in the uh, this next tier. So, I don't think that's who Jordan Spieth is, and he certainly has learned a lot, and he's a very smart kid, and um, he's got good people around him to, to help him navigate these, these choppy waters, but. Um, you know, whether he can summon the same focus, preparation, intensity is, is really the issue going forward. I think the answer is yes, uh, but it's, it's certainly going to be fascinating to, to watch him and, and also to manage his own expectations. I mean, it was just two years ago, you know, he shot himself out of a lot of tournaments because he was just pushing too hard and yeah. getting his own way. And he's obviously learned to, um, to master that skill, but he's going to have to relearn it because the expectations are that much higher you know, it's not enough just to contend at majors. Now he has to win them, and and you know, you're going to feel he's going to feel a different kind of pressure now. Uh, you know, he's not he's not the underdog. He's not this fresh face. I mean, he's the favorite every week. Right. And that's a different mentality, and he's going to have to adjust.
0: And, and you know, now as Tiger exits stage left, you think Spieth is comfortable, um, sort of taking the baton, and you know, he's never going to transcend golf like. Like Tiger did, um, he's not gonna he's not gonna grab the same the same massive audience and interest that that Tiger generated. But um, you, you think he's you think he's comfortable in that role, being the guy, or or do we not know that yet?
1: No, I I think I think we could we could safely say yes. I mean, you know, Jordan Spieth is an alpha male. He really is, and you see it when you're at these tournaments, and his interactions with people and. Um, the, the respect he commands, he, you know, he, he's sort of this, he's got this apple cheeked smile and he's, he's got this, these, this, the manners of this young Texas gentleman, but he's a killer.
0: Yeah. I
1: mean, he, he's, um, he's definitely comfortable in this position and he wants to keep it. You know, he's, he's dedicated his life to, um, to being where he is at this moment, he's not going to he's not going to give it up easily. And you know he has he has a real sort of jock swagger about him. He's not a golf nerd like Tiger was. A lot of, his other, a lot of his other kids. I mean, he um, he grew up playing team sports in a really competitive environment in Dallas. And you know, two of his best friends are, are college football players. One is you know big time linebacker at North Carolina. The other set all these receiving records at Fordham. I mean, these are these are these are elite athletes. And they were, all, they were on the same teams. And, you know, I remember Jordan telling me, you know, since he was five years old, he hardly lost at anything in any sport, you know, basketball, baseball, football. He played them all. And so um, he, he, he's got a, an edginess to him and a toughness that I think is rare for, um, for a golfer. And you combine that with his physical gifts, his, his mental gifts, um, and just this laser focus. It, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty powerful combination. And, uh, I mean, I think – you know, anyone who thinks that last year was a fluke is not paying attention. I mean, he, he's just going to keep pressing forward from here.
0: Yeah, and, and you know, Tiger was obviously so good that there was nobody really pushing him. He was just sort of chasing history and, uh, you know, clearly was self-motivated. But I think which will work to speed's advantage, obviously, with with Day and Fowler and, and McElroy. He's sort of— um, McElroy's almost become the forgotten man. I mean, you forget that he's—how <laughs> good that guy can be. Um But if he's got three or four, you know, really exceptional talents chasing him week in and week out, you you have to imagine that it's only going to work to his advantage.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, Tiger always played some of his best golf when these other guys would have little spurts, whether it was Ernie or Phil or or Retief Goosen, if anybody remembers him, David Duvall. I mean, there was little, little moments in time where Tiger got pushed and he responded uh, and then he just went to a level that, that was on a different universe from these other guys. But, um, you know, I think the best thing that could happen to George Spieth was getting his butt kicked by Jason Day at, at the, the PGA. And, you know, that was that was a wake-up call for Spieth that, you know, these... I mean, Jason Day has more firepower than Spieth. So, so does Roy McElroy. I mean, they, they, can, they can take apart a golf course in a way that he can only dream of. And so... To to compete against those guys, every other part of his game has to be that much sharper. I mean, he knows that, but that was that was a pretty vivid that was a pretty vivid reminder that um, just because he's 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 won these majors, the other guys aren't going to give it to him, and he's going to have to take it away. And when you're 30 and 40 yards behind him in the fairway, that's a challenge. So um, it's not only that you have these these good young players, um, you know, great young players who are his contemporaries and his friends and his rivals. But they also have a different toolbox, and I think that you know, I, think, I think that helps them.
0: Okay, we're going to take a quick commercial break. Stick around when I return to my conversation with Alan Shipnick. We'll get into how he reports the feature story, and also we'll talk about one of his more interesting subjects, Anthony Kim. There's never been a better time to be a football fan. You can watch every game, follow players on social media, and compete for cash in Daily Fantasy on FanDuel. Now, when you use my code GOLFING, your first tournament is risk-free. That's any contest offered on FanDuel for up to $10. If you win, you keep the money. If you lose, FanDuel will refund your account guaranteed. FanDuel is the best place to play one-week fantasy football. Building a team is easy and fun. Just pick your players and stay under the salary cap. Entry fees start at just $1, so there's a league for everyone. They also offer the NBA and NHL, so you can play fantasy sports for real cash any night of the week. FanDuel is not just for large tournaments. You can set up a private league and play against your friends anytime, anywhere. Think you know fantasy football? Come over and prove it at FanDuel.com. Over 2 million players have already won money on FanDuel. Now it's your turn. To get started, go to FanDuel.com and click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner. Use the code GOLFING and sign up now. Here's a great new offer for my listeners. If you enter a league and you don't win, FanDuel will refund your money. That's any contest you want, up to 10 bucks. You can sign up on FanDuel.com using my code GOLFING, then make a deposit and choose your league. If you don't win, you'll get that money right back in your FanDuel account. The only way to get this no-lose offer is to go to FanDuel.com, click the microphone, and use my code GOLFING. FanDuel.com, where it can finally pay to be a fan. That's F-A-N-D-U-E-L.com. Try it out today. Daily Fantasy Gamers and season-long Fantasy Warriors, we have the podcast you need. On the SI Fantasy Football Podcast, Michael Beller cuts through the noise and delivers two weekly episodes, chock full of fantasy ratings and news. The show has one goal, to get you the prize in your fantasy league. Don't get left out. The SI Fantasy Football Podcast with Michael Beller. Find it on iTunes, Stitcher, and si.com slash podcasts. All right, so we're back. Here's more from my conversation with Alan Shipman. So give, give us just to sort of move into the, I would say the third and final phase of this of this conversation. Uh, you know, I'm curious about different guys' reporting strategies. So you're down there doing a piece on Spieth. Um, you know, you're obviously only going to get so much access. Maybe some one-on-one time, pro- probably not. I don't know. But um, what, what's your what's your sort of technique when you're doing these types of stories on on top players who you get very limited access to? How, how do you handle these weeks?
1: Yeah, this this was a challenge because the powers that be in new york decided they wanted a speed story pretty late in the game you know it's for kind of a big end of the year issue and he, he was he was already playing in australia and coming coming in hot to the bahamas and it's the end of a long year he's done a ton of media and you know the chances of getting some you know two hours sit down with him this week were pretty much nil yeah so um In a case like this, it's just talking to as many people as possible. Um, It's a small field here this week, but it's a lot of guys who know him and have played with him, and there's not a ton of media, and there's no fans, so it's not a bad week for just getting guys to open up and be reflective. You know, it's working the phones with the people in his life, Um, going back to old sources who might have fresh material, you know, certainly going to bird dog him after every round, watch him play as much as possible um try and find a few stolen moments on the driving range in the locker room um in the marina wherever it may be and um you know cobble it all together i, I you know i've done two cover stories on speed this year i've done a couple other big features i've written a bunch of things for the web and the emag uh so in on, on one sense it's like do i have anything fresh to say but uh the the yeah, the flip side is i still have a lot of material in my notebook from the masters from the us open um you know from from the british open from the pga i mean i was i was i was in his shadow you know all four of those weeks and uh so um but it's not a news break jordan Spieth had a great year and right, he's a really right, good player. Right. um but that's not that story it's not about his 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 sister and his upbringing in texas i mean all these things have been written to death so yeah. Uh, it's really a forward-looking piece. You know, some of the things like we just talked about. Where does he go from here? And how did he get there? I mean, that, that's really, that's the only a fresh angle. And so that, that that's that's kind of the guiding principle of this story. But if if he does something um, this week that's really interesting, um, that can play into the, the piece as well. But it's really, you know, how how he we, we performs at this
0: tournament is probably material to the story. One of your other subjects from the last year or so was Anthony Kim. Uh, that piece really exploded. There seemed to be a lot of interest outside of the golf world, and it's and this is a guy we obviously hadn't heard from. He sort of disappeared for several years, and there's an intense amount of interest around AK, which I'm sort of fascinated by. What, why, why, do you, why do you think not only golf fans, but sports fans in general are so fascinated by this guy?
1: Well, it, for for starters, he was a really compelling golfer. I mean, people have forgotten how much fun it was to watch him. I mean, the dude made 11 birdies at Augusta National in one round. He was so flammable when when, you know, when he got it going, whether it was the Ryder Cup or I mean, he made a big run at the British Open. He, he he could he could just go crazy low. And a player like that, you know, he could also shoot 78. So, a player like that, it's fun, you got to keep around him. It's fun to watch cuz you never know what's going to happen and he had a tremendous imagination. I mean he was up there with Phil and Tiger with his ability to get out of jail and so he he was just a really fun player to watch and a great talent. And then there was kind of this whole bad boy rep that he had cultivated uh with the partying and the girls and the various mini controversies and uh, you know, in the NFL it would be no no big deal. In golf he was definitely a unique character.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so So he was already a subject of sort of intense interest before he disappeared, and you know then he turned into Greta Garbo. So uh, you know there was there was so many different things going on. Uh, You know I wrote that big story that that I think helped crack the case about you know this insurance policy that he was he was you know kind of this this incredible decision that it's everyone would have to ask themselves you know what would you do would you take the money which is tens of millions of dollars and never play again or would you try and come back and. And uh, you know he already has money in the bank. There's, there's, you know I'm enjoying being here in the Bahamas, but after a week I'm ready to go home. I mean are you going to spend the rest of your life laying on a beach when you're you know 30 years old. Uh, I don't care how pretty the, the beach is or how pretty the girl next to you is. I mean that's got to get boring. <laughs> uh, there, there's no thrill like com, com, coming down the stretch on Sunday at Augusta or or being at the Ryder Cup. I mean there's nothing like that. And he and you know you can try and chase that high in various ways. And you know I'm, I'm sure Anthony has, but um, it's it's you it's you you just can't you can't reproduce it. So, um, uh, you know, it's 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 just this this ultimate question: Do you do you, do you risk 35 million dollars, and you know possibly fall on your face, or do you try and come back and be be who you were? Um, there's it's just it's just a really interesting question for a really fascinating athlete. And uh, so I guess it's just the public. And there's still there's not a resolution. You know, even his his recent comments to the Associated Press, uh, he sounded kind of like Tiger does this week, a, a little pessimistic and a yeah. little, a little bummed out. But he did leave the door open, so, um, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see. I mean, I don't I don't think that he's I don't think he's done trying. Uh, maybe in hiding, behind the hedges of some private club. But he, he's he's going to try and find it, and and if he does, you know, maybe maybe he still will come back.
0: Who's more likely to win a, a major first, Tiger or Anthony Kim? There's a <laughs> well, bar room discussion for you. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, honestly, you'd have you'd have to say Tiger because at least he's talking about wanting to do it. Right. You know, I'm not I'm not sure where where Anthony's head is, and you know his his body's a question too. He, he's had as many injuries as Tiger, so um, I, I would fractionally give the edge to 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 the guy who's won 14 of them. <laughs>
0: All right, man. Hey, I know you're chomping at the bit to get back to the beach, so we're going we're gonna to let you go.
1: Yeah, well, it's a life of service. So thanks for having me, Alan. This is good fun. We'll do it again.
0: Yeah, thanks, Alan. Good luck this week. Okay, bye Thanks for tuning in to the Golf.com podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or at si.com slash podcasts tweet me at, at alan underscore Bastable or my co-host alan shipnick at, at @alan shipnick to let us know what you think of the show or if you have any ideas for future guests thanks for listening to the golf.com podcast come back and join us next week